The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. That's a nice touch from Wea. Tyler Adams. McKenney. Dest has made the run. Trying to get in behind Hysafi. Through the sick! Such a round number 20, um, 18 years ago. And um, to, to be able to take part in this match uh, on my birthday and get to get through, I mean, you can't really describe that. You can't even top that, man. So, no, nah, I'm very happy. Um, not many people get to do this, so I'm very grateful. You want to be a hump day guy, I'm a hump day guy. It's Wednesday. That means we're halfway through the work week. Hey, and a win for the U.S. men's national team. A big win for them. I misspoke earlier on, um, I don't know if it was this week or on Morning Dump. I was under the impression they could tie or win to move on, and then I realized yesterday before the game that they had to win yeah, to move I, on in the point structure. I probably wasn't listening. Otherwise, I would have said something. I was just letting you go do your soccer thing because I was still – floored by the fact that you were trying to pick first goal scores <laughs> and who was going to advance in the knockout round and I think at some point maybe it's a little too late we got to talk about the kits right are we okay with the tie-dye or is that just an old man thing I'm, I'm okay not a it. big uniform guy but I was looking at those again yesterday and I was like what are we doing I like the spray paint in the hair yeah, I mean, each is own. <laughs> whatever. Look good. Look good. Play good. I don't. Want, I'm not. I'm not going to knock the hustle. Hey, I'll tell you what though. This game was so crucial for soccer fans here in the country because it, this is the furthest we've seen this this team go in a long time. You ever played a mean game of knockout? And I. What's up? Have you ever played a mean game of knockout? <laughs> in basketball. <laughs> I, I've also played World Cup in soccer. Do you know what that is? I do. Yeah, I've played that too. And never been to the actual World Cup. Who knows? Maybe someday that will change. But they needed that win to move on. And a much needed win I was alluding to for the fan base because people back here have invested so much into this U.S. team already. Like, And I'm looking at it more from a betting perspective because – 84% to 92% of the money on yesterday's Iran-U.S. game was on the U.S. And that just goes to show what the buy-in is like from the fans back here in the States. Yeah, and how would you like to be Greg Berhalter? I mean, you're thinking to yourself, I took over this bad boy, what, three or four years ago? And it was in shambles. And now all of a sudden he's got them with – the opportunity to advance uh, this weekend, and it's like on the biggest stage. For you, I please tell me everybody saw this coming. 
Young, inexperienced. 24-year-old. No caps. I mean, what are we doing? That was the average age, 24. Uh, ain't, no, ain't no hill for a climber, right? Something, though, that I have noticed early on with this group is that they're very explosive at the start of the game, and they lose a lot of energy as the game goes yeah, on. It's, a, it's an athletic, young, fit bunch. And I think even when I, I – yeah, I did call you, like, after the first goal and – and you weren't the only person because I was checking on social media. Everybody had trepidation about the second half because we have seen over and over. We have seen some get away from the national team mm-hmm. before, and, and nobody was comfortable even at the half. Which I get it. Second I, half soccer for the U.S. has been clear balls, <laughs> like get the ball out, clear, like just 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 get it out. And but it, but at least the way that the game went, Iran had to unpack. Watching that first 25 minutes like the pitch was slanted was driving me crazy. I mean, I love it, right? but I'm like... Well, and you called me, and the reason you called me is even funnier because we sat here, and I told you I am going to bet Pulisic to score in the U.S. money line. No, you didn't set the stage right. You asked me about multiple goal scorers. And I said, "Oh, I said, should I bet Sergeant yeah, Way, Way yes, or Pulisic?" Yes. And we finally wound. And I kept saying, ah, "I don't know." And then you went with Pulisic, and I was like, "I don't know." Like, Captain you're like, you're America. like, no, I don't like, see. I don't know, man. That's a lot of pressure. And the lights flickered. at HVC flickered, <laughs> like and I, an, and a real flicker. Like right, it went like dark and then came back. <laughs> and I looked, and it did it again twice, like mm-hmm. bang bang. Well, because we said. Pulisic, it flickered, and we're like, I said, look, that's a sign from the gods yeah, to do flickering. it. And you're like, no, it's not. And, and then it, it flickered it again. again. <laughs> and I go, oh, you got to play that. Uh-huh. And we did. And so when he scored, all I said to you when I called was, are you kidding me? We went down. We, we, he was the fourth option. Mm-hmm. If we waited for the lights to flicker. Right. And we're like, oh, gosh, you got to play that. I'm like. Do I need to drive the Council Bluffs? So when I called, and I think you were listening to it, you'd just grab lunch, and you're like, wait, what? Well, because you said, are you kidding me? And at first, I'm like, what would I be kidding? So I called (laughs) immediately, but full disclosure, I didn't know it was going to be reviewed. I thought Mm -hmm. it was offsides real time, but I didn't see the flag. So I was like... Oh, we're good. Oh, okay. And then it it went to replay, and I was like, (laughs) and you're like, oh "Oh, boy, I may have to hang up on him. (laughs) But, I mean. And obviously, when you look back at that play, he was way behind the ball. Yeah. I don't know. Now, the the way a goal, like, was he offside? That's up for debate. You're talking about at the end of the half? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the reason I say that is because... for those, everybody out there that may or may not know the rules of soccer all too well, all you have to do is wait for the ball to be played. Played. And, yes, it was still on – I can't remember whose foot. Was it Pulisic who passed it? I can't remember at this point. On the initial cross? On, uh, I no, can't remember. It was, it was the through ball. Oh, the through ball. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, eh, gosh, it was so close. But Iran did a great job of – Iran, number – Whatever. Well, I know it is. I know. It's I know. It's I, know one. I know it's pronounced Iran now. I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Iran, the, Iranians. Iranians. That's Iranians. What I, that's what I. That's why I don't understand yeah. the pronunciation. It's Iran. And I want to get it right. I, I do too. I don't want anybody saying USA. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> USA. I'm. <laughs> that's the equivalent, right? right? 
You make, I, I'm already insecure. Why are you laughing? I you think it's funny. I, I, never thought, I never thought about USA. Hey, man, if you don't love it, leave it. Hey, go Hawkeyes, too, by the way. If you don't love it, leave it. USA, Still number one, one. Greatest lines uttered by a quarterback ever. Oh, man. So, Pulisic gets the goal, also injured on the play. Yeah, pelvic. And then goes to the hospital, doesn't come out at halftime. Says he'll be straight, though, for this weekend. I can't imagine he, I, I, he wouldn't play, I even if, know. like, he was on one leg. Like, he would still find a way to play. You'd think. Um, I don't know, man. T- tough sport. It is a tough sport, but. It's a, it's, a lot, it's a lot more physical. A lot of eyes right now on the World Cup. Far uh, spot for the U.S. to get to, and he doesn't want to be. And I'm not saying him not playing is the reason the U.S. doesn't move on, but it's a big reason. We're in the knockout round. Yeah, it's a big reason at this point. How about uh, in net, Matt Turner? Matt Turner, uh, he was he's been great, but man, I was oh goodness, I, no, on the edge of my seat a lot when he came out of the goal. And so, how about his story? Like, oh, the Fairfield University not top ten story? Yeah. <laughs> Like, he got cut. He had to walk on. Uh-huh. He wasn't good. And, and, then, he and then he lets the goal in, like, if yeah. you remember the not top ten play. And he's now on the biggest stage of the the world mm-hmm. and has yet to give up. Yeah, I can tell, though, there is some, oh, some sh- nerves shaking. in that. Oh, yeah. 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 You, you can definitely see that. But Matt Turner's been excellent so far for the U.S., men's national team, and that's why they're in the round of 16 right now against Netherlands. Say game that, Saturday at just, 9 a.m. Just say that out loud. Round of 16. Yeah, that's cr- it's crazy. Round of 16. Given this team's inexperience. Nobody expected them to get out of oh, the group stage. That's, although, I do think, you know, the soccer guys or gals probably looking at me like, well, we did like the draw. Because I do think some people mm-hmm. like the draw. But it was hard for them to be confident about the next step. I'll tell you what, and not like it would have mattered all too much. Maybe, well, you avoid tiebreakers, but the tie against England was huge for the U.S. team. And I think it was a confidence booster not only for the team, but for the fans as well, knowing that you took down the team that was supposed to move on out of the stage no matter what. Yeah. And now you set yourself up in position to get out of here just with a win. You don't even have to worry about how many goals you score anymore. You don't have to worry about any of the other tiebreakers. You win this, you're out. Hey, and listen, and the story you're telling, especially about Turner, I mean, we are talking about he wasn't even drafted in Major League Soccer. That's also true. He went also un- true. undrafted. But I like it. You know. Are you an MLS guy? No. I'm not either. But I, I mean, full disclosure, you know, I, I do like soccer just mm-hmm. because I spent – Probably from 94 till 2007, like being very, very, very interested. Mm-hmm. Now, it was mostly from the women's side, but. And how could you not be? But I had to, but I had to, I was kind of, fudge, I was inundated with it. It was just like everywhere. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, who were all these guys training with my then wife mm-hmm. it's like i mean you're traveling it, it was just part of it so i i had to figure it out so i from there i just i just kind of like it because what i what i figured out is i'm going to say this out loud it's a much more physical sport than you than it looks i think i know the gamesmanship and 
and, you know, drawing penalties. I get it. I get it. It's not always aesthetically pleasing. But winning balls in the air, landing on the ground, aerial tactics, stuff like that, that's it's deceptively physical. Do you think if the World Cup was moved to every two years that it would become less enticing to watch for yes. soccer fans? Yes. Or just fans in general? Uh, uh, yes. I, I think I, so, too. I think the wait period matters. I know there are a lot of diehard soccer fans out there. And call in if you, if you want to touch on you know, the U.S. men's national team, 888-638-4876. 888-638-4876. That had to go back and reference. I just got to say it over and over again. I'm, I'm, I'm You'll eventually get it down. You think? I think so. I don't know. Dollar Bill is going to probably think like, you're so good with numbers. How come you can't remember our <laughs> telephone number? And I'm going to be like, Bill. Have you not seen my cell phone? Yeah, I don't it. pay attention yeah. to numbers. That's it. I look for names that pop up on my Al- phone. Although there's probably six or – I bet I know probably 12 numbers maybe mm-hmm. in my phone. 13 I, maybe. I could give you my family's. I couldn't give you my dad's because he got de- a new one. I definitely know my mom's number. I know both of them. I couldn't even give you Ashley's. Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> now, going back to what I was saying, though, so you think – that going to two years would be a bad thing in regards to probably what viewership at this Correct. point. And I mean, as, we, as we, we were saying, wait for this thing. Right. And as we were saying, it's not a knock to soccer fans. I know a, a lot of diehard soccer fans out there that would like this every year. Or oh, every, they? I, don't I just know, maybe not. I, I maybe, don't, uh, maybe the prep time wouldn't wouldn't align. Fiscally, do you think it would work? I do not. No, because not. when you play over in Europe and the Premier League and whatever other league that. These guys are playing him, whether it's MLS or there's a smattering of others. UEFA, but you having it every two years, there would be interest right away. But I think it would get old for the mass audience because it's not something that they're highly anticipating when it comes back around. No, I, I, I would. I'm gonna be inclined to agree with you. I don't love it, but every now and again, you make some <laughs> pretty salient points. Dang it! Is that how this show is gonna work? I. You can agree with me every now and then. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. actually, I kind of do sometimes. <laughs> and I go home, you know, and it kind of bugs me. I'm like, I can't believe I agreed with AR. Well, it's not a bad thing. Well, it just depends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you're agreeing with me that Cliff Kingsbury's not on the hot seat. <laughs> well, I, now that I still can't believe. Hey, by the way, you realize they won in spe- they lost in spectacular fashion again <laughs> on Sunday. But Cliff's your guy because he wears those great flat fronts, and he's a good-looking guy. It's a $7 million home. Well, it has nothing with, with a fireplace in the middle looking. of the floor. <laughs> I mean, light gravitates to light, don't they? Oh, stop. Uh, let's transition to... Well, kind of, as we're going to probably transition to Matt Rule. Like apparently gravitates towards like because he's going with what is familiar to him as he's putting together his stuff. Okay, fair. Fair enough. How about that? How about that? Catch me outside. <laughs> hey, by the way, she's rich. Yes, she is. It's insane how much money she has. <laughs> you're coughing so much, you're laughing. I can't hard. knock the hustle. <laughs> I cannot knock the hustle. Isn't it amazing what social media can just do? Yeah. Like, out of nowhere. Have you not seen Jake Paul? <laughs> I, I've seen them all. I mean. <laughs> I've seen all the Pauls. Wowzer. Uh, yeah, social media is social powerful. Social media is king. If used correctly. Hey, Oshan Mathis uh, is leaning toward going to the NFL draft, yeah. which – could be could be a loss. Could be looked at as um, a good thing for him to just take that next step at this point. But with what you saw on the football field this year, 
recorded 50 tackles this season, had five tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. His best season coming in 2020 uh, when he was at TCU. Do you think because of his intriguing athleticism and his ability to change directions quickly is something that NF teams, NFL teams are yeah, admiring at this point? He's, he's got good bend. Uh, he's got a good upper body. He's very light. But do you th- also the think waist. that it would benefit him to stay another year? I don't know. Like, I think for him, it's learning to play hard all the time. Uh, you know, you kind of watch tape, and he'll make some splash plays. Now he's kind of wondered why he didn't play more, you know, because I think he's a guy that would, would have some factors in terms of if you're grading him. We, I, would, I call them factors. Um, but it's not it, – it just was a consistency standpoint. So I wondered, like, how long and how hard he could play to give him a chance to play at that level. You know, because I always tell people, and, and I think this was fairly um, – is a lot of how I approached it. As a guy that lost his job as a starter and kind of situationally had to always be ready, even though I was playing on every special teams, some guys – it's easy to spell the man. Some guys, it's easier to be the man. And maybe for him, it was easier to spell the man because, you know, 65, 70 snaps is not for everybody. And it's a mindset. And I think for him, he's got to ramp his way up to that in terms of playing hard all the time. But he does have some tools that I think the scouts will take a look at. Primarily his bend, He's right? Got a good bend, because he kind of he, he he hit his peak in 2020, and then he kind of fell back down and leveled out. And I wonder if that is going to be looked at as kind of like a knock on his on his charts going into say the combine or you know team camps and things like that. Yeah, I just I I wonder with that. I it's it's always easier to enter the NFL off a high, right? And that's kind of what Trey Palmer's doing right yeah. now. It's stock. Stock extremely through the roof. He finished with seventy-one receptions, over a thousand receiving yards, which was a school record in regards to mm-hmm. single-season receiving yards. He also had that single-season um, yards in a game, reception yards in a game at against Purdue. Seventy-four. Added like nine touchdowns to his total. You know, he's a tall wideout with home run speed, a knack for making huge plays. This is this is something that. NFL teams really desire. Yeah, so what I'm kind of hoping is, is I'm hoping that everybody that declares for the NFL draft that's from the University of Nebraska does well <laughs> because you talked about social media and how it works and word travels fast. You want Nebraska to get back to, and they're coming off a good year with Cam Taylor Britt and, and JoJo Doman and Austin Allen and some of these guys, Huskers and the pros. You want to keep being able to say that to attract the talent that you need to get there, especially if you're if you're having a coach that's got a staff who, you know, 75% of them have some NFL experience or will have had some NFL experience by the time he probably gets done putting together his staff and is known for development, you want to make Nebraska an attractive place to be. So anybody that wants to go pro, I'm cheering my brains out. Hey, go do the darn thing. And, you know, to start the year, Palmer was a sleeper when it came – to the 2023 NFL draft. Kind of an unknown, right? right. He, didn't have, he never was a full-time starter, was never wide receiver one. But everybody knew the didn't program a, that he d- came out didn't of. Didn't have a ton of catches, you know, had gotten benched, thought he was primarily just a special teams guy, 
Yeah, and like, now being a special teams guy just adds to had, his arsenal. He had of a weapons. fantastic year, and I think he actually found a way to flourish. Even though the wide receiving core, in my opinion, had a little bit of a drop off once Coach Joseph was named the interim head coach, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in their totality. I also think what a great job he did whenever backups were in the game because Casey was hurt. Yeah. Like, the, you know, when you get a backup quarterback coming into football games, it, it's I normally. There were a couple of games where he would come to the uh-huh. sidelines and my man was frustrated. Mm-hmm. He would well, end with, what, one catch, six yards. Yeah. And had game. some early targets right. and just couldn't kind of get off. To a good start, but I get it. But once Nebraska realized throwing him the football is a good thing. Football, football. Touchdown! Down the stretch of the season, he just kept continuing football, to go football, off. Football, PFF's football. Michael Renner ranked Palmer as the 95th overall prospect on his latest big board, which puts him relatively in the third round if picks went directly in that order. Mm-hmm. If the NFL draft was today, here's our poll question of the day, and we want you to vote at Hale Varsity Radio on Twitter. H Varsity Radio is how that's spelt. If the NFL draft was today, what round would Trey Palmer be drafted in? Would it be the first, second or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted? What do you think, DB? Uh, I'm going to go with the second round. So you like answer number two, second, third round. I, I kind of knew that was the ballpark people would favor, but I also have seen before receivers that have supposed to have gone in the second round, third round, and have ended up going in the fifth round. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's tough. I mean, people evaluate some of the drops, but they're he's going to do well in interviews. He's a real likable guy. Uh, he's a team guy. He's going to say the right things, and he's talented. I, I, I think he's a second-round guy. You mentioned drops. Also, a little bit of physicality issue there, too, that teams are kind of looking at maybe in more detail because it, it, it's something that, you know, once you get to the NFL, you really need to block, right? And what's his pass blocking like? Or uh, run blocking, right? Like, excuse me. Uh, but on top of that, even creating space against physical DBs is going to be something that yeah. he's going to have Trying to, to mature on. I agree. That's actually a pretty good distinction. I, I, I kind of like that. But all in all, much of Palmer's game is predicted on his athleticism, and it, it, it's for good reason. You know, he had he has unreal track speed that's why he was a state champion in high school if there there is such a thing for tp how about being deceptively fast he strikes me as a guy that doesn't look near as fast as he's and that's just such a big gift to his game because not only is he deceptively fast but he's also deceptively smart and his vision is fantastic when it comes to like a DB, maybe prepping for a fade, yeah. this is when he'll make you pay underneath. And he can play all three positions too, which I also like. He can play the X, the Z, and he can play in the slot too, so that's going to help. As we look toward the rest of the show, we'll continue with the Big Ten wrap. We'll start with Scott Docterman next. He covers Iowa football for The Athletic. Later on, we'll talk to Matt DeMarinas of Creighton Basketball. And then a little bit later on, we'll hit up our Illinois beat reporter but going back to just this for our final minute here in the segment db you look at where the huskers are kind of laid out here with new head football coach matt rule we have just under a minute i want to ask you if you had to make a prediction how many huskers do you think are going to head to the draft solely because it's to a point where they just are are ready to go and don't want to have to worry about adjusting molding to a new head coach Mm. I don't know. That's a tough question. Uh, less than five. You know, Garrett Nelson's a guy that I look at as a, as a tweener type. I, I, less, less than 
less than four. Okay. So if the over under was set at three and a half, you would take the under. That's a that's a that's a good line, Mr. ATS. I'm still geeking about kind of some of the stats. Yeah. Big recruiting element there, and we'll get into that yeah, either Barclay, today he's gonna be the guy. or tomorrow. Coming up next, Scott Docterman of Iowa Football here on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency. Guys, they have in the box committing to the run right now. But still slipping through Caleb Jackson. Jackson, 10, 5, touchdown, and Iowa is on the board. Amen to that. Knocked them out of the Big Ten championship game and uh we bring in scott doctorman now who covers iowa football for the athletic first off scott thanks for joining us this morning hey good morning doc hey good uh good to talk with you guys and great great to talk with you again uh caleb uh group for uh for damon and talking about caleb a few uh last friday yeah isn't that interesting like we were (laughs) i had seen scott before the game up in the box and uh a lot of that stuff was kind of coming to fruition. Were, could, were you scratching your head about the game plan as the game wore on, or did you think that Iowa did what they had to do to give themselves a chance to win? I think anything that wrong could happen for Iowa went wrong for Iowa, from from Spencer Petras getting hurt to especially Cooper DeGene getting hurt. That just crushed them. Because uh, Nebraska with with Mickey Joseph was smart enough to pack uh, a very weak position depth wise for the Hawkeyes because they were down uh, to their sixth cornerback. Uh, but uh, I I think uh, at, you know as the game progressed, they just weren't getting enough points. Uh, you know when you look at the third quarter, all they did was run with Caleb Johnson and it was working. Then they were down 17 points in the fourth quarter and didn't run at all. And I thought maybe uh, when they were down. 10 that they should have probably went back to the run and never did so the everything was kind of flawed from iowa's perspective i thought on friday but this was a uh uh you know it was a very disappointing conclusion to the season for the hawkeyes after what's been a really odd season as a whole scott you mentioned the roller coaster of a season for the most part all year long though criticism really surrounded the Iowa offense and Brian Ferentz's ability as offensive coordinator, and rightfully so. Um, It's a tough position for a lot of people to be in, especially dad now in this scenario regarding Kirk Ferentz, but could you see an offseason change in regards to the offensive coordinator role? I could see it from the perspective that uh, maybe Brian would exit the program kind of uh, on his own terms. You know, he's a very accomplished offensive line coach, and he did an outstanding job with the Hawkeyes when he took that position over. Um, you know, as an offensive coordinator, obviously the results are the results. So, um, you know, it's going to be up to those two in particular to how that works out. It's probably not exactly the way Iowa fans want it. Uh, they kind of want their pound of flesh, and they have all season, and I don't know that they're going to get it here. Uh, so, you know, what, you know, there, there needs to be changes on offense. And we've known this for a while, but they need to really adjust and, and adapt to the, the current environment. And that's not, that goes beyond just running zone. I mean, you could do that and be successful, but you've got to have other alterations with it. And they haven't really gone beyond it. But I think also their personnel limitations on offense has really impacted them as well. I mean, they don't have a quarterback who's very mobile. Their offensive line is 
very young, and then some of it isn't very good, and then um, you know a lot of the the receiver issues uh, from uh, you know Keegan Johnson playing in two games this year, and I think gotten a combined 21 snaps to. Uh, you know, in the first couple of games of the season, only having a couple of receivers with uh, with uh, scholarships receivers available. It's just it's been a grind for this offense. So I think they need to really evaluate not only the scheme and who's calling the plays, but they really need to get into the portal and, and start shoring up some of these areas because they really wasted uh, a really good defense and special teams unit this year. Doc, it's interesting because the more I've been around the program the last couple of years, and I clearly understand. I know the, the, the punchline here across the river was, you know, Iowa fans are okay with um, just being okay, right? The consistency of seven and eight wins, and that was the ceiling. I know that is not the case. That fan base wants to win. You mentioned pound of flesh. I've seen it the last couple of years unfold, but that's mixed with, Coach Ferentz being able to weather the midseason storm because of the consistency of knowing who they are as a program and the familiarity of their identity. Can those two worlds coexist and have Iowa take the next step? Yeah, I think it can. I think it just it involves a lot of self-awareness on Kirk Ferentz's part to actually make those changes and whether or not it's Brian's fault or it's uh, or it's just something that he needs to do differently. I think that's really the only step that they need to take because, as you said, um, a normal coach would have lost this team in yeah. midseason. After the loss at Ohio State, they were 3-4 and four and they were floundering. I mean, that offense at that point was just a disaster. So I think, uh, you know, the fact is that nobody quit. Everybody kept buying in. They believed in one another, and then they won four straight games um, and, and did so in decisive fashion. The first three of them against uh, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin really shows that they were all together. And I think that's a credit to Kirk Ferentz because every time that they seem to have taken a punch and, and, and fallen in, in his career, they've gotten up and they've played really well. So, um, But I also think that, you know, if, if you're asking players to be critiqued and, and – really look at themselves and with a, with a dose of self-awareness. But I think that's where Kirk needs to go now. And, and whether he has a blind spot for his son or for his system, they, they really need to evaluate that going forward because I can assure you that there's no real uh, you know, complacency yeah. with, you know, I mean, this is the worst season they've had uh, wins and loss wise since 2017. Uh, there's an expectation to be, very competitive for the West Division, and not just because of this year, which was the worst year that the divisions had. And I, I think that the expectation for Iowa fans is, man, if you just give us a little bit of offense, you, not only is Iowa in, in Indianapolis, but Iowa could be competitive in Indianapolis. And instead, we're seeing this team that's just really, um, you know, very top-heavy on the defensive and special teams part of it. Furthermore, on the conversation of offense here, Scott, not trying to look too far ahead, but what's the impact on Iowa in losing Alex Padilla, Padilla? Padilla. Padilla to the transfer portal? I think it's mutually beneficial. Um, what we saw with Alex the last couple of years is as much as Spencer Petras has struggled at times, he was never able to climb past him. And, and I mean, that infuriated Iowa fans because as bad as the offense has been, 
that it's like, why don't you just make a change for change's sake? And, of course, Brian got called out for saying, well, what's the upside? That was kind of became a punchline here. But but the truth is that Spencer Petras was the better quarterback, and that made Completely making that adjustment difficult. And I think Alex, who, to his credit, was the loyal soldier, and he's graduating next month. He wants to – he knows that the opportunity is not going to happen here. They're going to hit the portal, and they're going to get a portal quarterback and probably a pretty good one. That's what they're they're aiming to do right now, and so to upgrade the offense. And so it's really uh, in Alex's. Uh, it you know that's why he hit the portal so early. And and now Spencer Petras has one more year remaining. I don't know exactly what he's going to do, and uh, that so that remains to be seen. But um, I think I was committed going to a different direction on at quarterback, uh, whether or not Spencer Petras returns to college for one more year, whether he wants to come to Iowa or whether he wants to go somewhere else. he's uh, it, it, It's all about quarterback and the portals, and that started on Monday. Doc, real quick, we got about 90 seconds. Now, I know you don't want to range the chairs on the Titanic, and maybe it's not the Titanic, but offensive line play. I talked to you about this before the game started. Petras may have missed some throws early in the season. I thought he played better. The offensive line had to get better. Could you see a Ferens for Barnett swap, a revisiting Barnett? Is it more about the players? It's more about Iowa's offensive line, in my opinion, as I watch this team play. How do you see that shaking out? Yeah, they got to do something different there. Now, I don't know if that means that, hey, George Barnett just doesn't have the personnel to, to be good, but this was the worst Iowa offensive line that I've ever seen. I mean, especially on the right side. It really struggled, and we saw that. Uh, you know, there's a couple of pictures uh, floating online of, yeah. of what happened at right tackle on one of the sacks on Alex Padilla. And uh, so they got to get better there. Now they do have a five-star recruit in Caden Proctor. So Huge. whether they believe that George Barnett is the one who's actually the better teacher or if they're, you know, consider moving Brian Ferentz to there, they've got to do something. And, and that could very well just be simply upgrading it with, in the portal and because uh, they were very young there as well across the board. So I, I think uh, but offensive line play is the reason why Iowa struggled uh, as a whole because I think they got something really good in Caleb Johnson and running back. And, uh, and I think if they hey, get Scott, a quarterback thanks so much. We appreciate portal, your time. Enjoy the day. Always appreciate it, Doc. All right, thanks. Coming up next, another big-name QB hit the portal market. And if Casey doesn't stick around, should Nebraska go after him? Next on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Yeah. Oh, Little flipper. Little flipper. Oh, my girl, Leah. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. There we are. Just about the 8 o'clock hour, 744 is the timestamp currently. And the prompt that I presented going into the break was if P.C. Thompson doesn't stick around, or even if he does, should Nebraska hit the portal hard? And it's an interesting talking point because two QB names come to mind right away because they are the two biggest names out there in the portal right now. Cade McNamara and, as of yesterday, Hudson Card. One makes the most sense to me or more sense to me than the other. Well, well I tell you, I'm going to say this and I'm going to let you do your thing. Quarterbacks are going to be expensive, and the portal. So just understand that going in, right? Whether you're McNamara or Card or whomever, it's going to be expensive. Yeah, and all of 
that like outside stuff will figure it will figure itself out for me in regards to this argument. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start here. Here's why I think Hudson Card could be a perfect fit, and why Matt Rule may already have connection with him. So Hudson Card originally from Austin, Texas, which oh, is like just about an hour and a half outside of Waco. He attended Lake Travis High School, also the high school of Baylor quarterback Charlie Brewer, who played for Matt Rule and who Rule coached for three seasons. And who Brewer says fantastic things about. Pete Thamel reported he's looking to land at a Power 5 school, which how about a soon-to-be Power 2 school in this case. Plus, his priorities are not only winning, but finding a place that fits his skill set to continue to, it's a D word, develop. I can't remember, is Matt Rule's strong suit player development? <laughs> Aside from all these similarities and connections, because we all know Rule is still in touch with his Texas roots, Hudson would be coming from the same program Casey came from, of course. And why not continue to abuse the University of Texas as a feeder system? When it comes early on in rules tenure, I, I, I like I like the way you're thinking. I like where your head is at. Uh, if if we're all in on Pete Thamel, then we're all in on Pete Thamel reporting that Nebraska could have one of its own returning to coach quarterbacks in Jake Peets. So will Jake Peets, if he inks his name on mm-hmm. the dotted line at Nebraska, be somebody that Card would like to work with because you'll get card for multiple years oh yeah because he's what a sophomore so i I think he still has three years of eligibility left i like the way you're i like the way that you're thinking but we'll just see yeah well you if if, if it's in the the cards cards, fall where they may right it's in the cards but hudson card is a very good quarterback he was once a top 40 recruit for those that don't know in 2021 as a redshirt freshman, he actually beat Casey Thompson out for the job at Texas, but then ended up losing the starting quarterback job after a poor week two performance. But this season, he stepped up for the injured Quinn Ewers at times and put together solid performances. I, I'd, I'd welcome you to go back and look at what he did against West Virginia and Texas Tech this year before Ewers returned. Hudson Card was excellent. No, I understand. I'm with you. So, uh, a little bit about me. You want another lo- another snippet into my mindset? I'm gonna tr- a morsel. I love your I love your morsel term. A, a bite, if you will. <laughs> I'm gonna trust the adults in the room. I really am. And some, you know, you may call it blind faith. Some may call it naive. I'm gonna take this coaching staff at their word in terms of who they want to be and what they want to be. And I'm watching them assemble this staff. I really am. And, and uh, you know, E.J. Barthel was the latest to, to, to make the hot list yesterday before this morning's report on, on Jake Peets, who's been trying to get back to Nebraska in some capacity if it was in the cards <laughs> before this. So I believe both of those reports. But I'm just saying with guys like E.J., who I really, really – like reading about why because what do i gravitate towards i like guys that play the hands that they're dealt to go back to the cards reference ej barthel is a guy uconn was beat up this year 
He's playing multiple running backs. He's been a recruiting coordinator at a place that you're not attracting high-end talent at William & Mary. He's kind of a dynamic guy. He's never been the best player on his team, never been the most highly sought-after coach. All those things line up, AR, with what I like about being at Nebraska. You have to be a grinder. I've been saying this for years. So when I look at what I think Coach Rule is trying to do with his staff, and who knows what's going to happen with Dawson and Rayola because, strangely, we haven't heard anything about those two guys. But we did see recruits that were offered tag a few of those coaches like Rayola mm -hmm. and Dawson. So I think that's interesting. We'll see how that comes to fruition. I don't know if that's just because Coach Rule wants guys to hit the road and they have an agreement or it's in the cards but when you talk about guys like Beth Barthel and Pete's those are guys that kind of fit my profile I don't know about coaching acumen I'll figure that out in just enough time although I do think EJ is a fantastic coach because I watched UConn and, and coach Morris tough I, I know a little bit about his family and who he likes and who he retained and so Barthel definitely has my, my interest peaked. But with Pete's, he knows all about this place. And don't for one second think that he hasn't paid attention to what's going on at Nebraska the last couple of years as he's been kind of a sought-after commodity. Mm -hmm. And so he's I, bounced around. So that well, so we got to be careful with that because some Nebraska fans don't like bouncing around when they want to use it to their argument. Some guys are okay with guys bouncing around because it means upward mobility. So depending Absolutely. on what your argument is, if you're anti-rule, it's, man, the guy bounces around too much. If you're pro-rule, it's the guy was making upward climbs. So <laughs> with Pete's, uh, I guess we'll, we'll sort that out where they may. It's like I like to say in the program, which you may or may not have seen. Have you ever seen the paramedic or the, the program? The movie. Mm -mm. Oh, it was fantastic. Wait, James maybe Cunt, quarterback. Maybe you uh, need to. You no. need to. You need to really. So see there's that so movie. there's a line in that movie where they uttered the phrase, "Let the paramedics sort them out." So put the women and children to bed. Joe Kane is that my quarterback? Shane? That, that's your quarterback. Joe Kane. Joe Kane. Who would he be? The equivalent to right now in the NFL. Joe Kane. Yeah. Um, a redemption. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Okay. Redemption story, a hothead, although Kane was dead. Yeah, it'd make for an entertaining film. <laughs> although Joe Kane had a <laughs> drinking problem, so I'm not accusing Baker Mayfield of that. Uh, he what had a I'm progressive saying, insurance commercial he was a problem. He was a bit of a loose cannon. So, Latimer, who, who would he be in? Uh, and I, I'm not talking off-field. Uh, I'm talking on-field. Latimer would be Garrett Nelson. Okay. And who's your... Uh, Alvin your, Mack? Yeah, Alvin Mack. The guy, Alvin, the Alvin Mack is definitely Caleb Tanner. Okay. Caleb Tanner runs it and doesn't like a lot of people, doesn't like the media. Now, Alvin Mack was spectacular. Caleb Tanner is, just, is a good player. And writing down the program now. And who's the, that's, that's unbelievable. the new flashy running back? Who's that in the NFL? Uh, that would be Darnell Jefferson. Yep. Uh, Darnell Jefferson could not. So, Darnell Jefferson is A.J. Allen. Okay, I could see that. Oh yeah, AJ. Hey, this is a Nebraska film now. Listen, how about if we were, if we could keep the services of AJ Allen? That would be insane. 
That would be awesome. Do you know how good AJ Allen is? Uh, well, I I knew how good he was Damn before right, yes. he got injured. I am embarrassed. So uh, yeah, yeah. if he comes back even better than that, liquid, that would be liquid. Shane be can attest to this. AJ Allen is the first back that I kind of remember fawning over on film. Even more so because I liked Ramir Johnson's film. I did, but I didn't. I wasn't like gushing like I am about. A.J. Allen. A.J. Allen was the guy that I said when he said yes to Nebraska and I watched him play and asked some people where he's from and I said he's immediately the best back in Nebraska's room. And that was including Anthony Grant. And well, Gabe Irvin. Yeah, and I like Gabe. I I'm like a, I'm Gabe, a Gabe fan too. I like Gabe more as a person than I do as a running back, even though I think he's a good running back. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic People get so mad at me when I say kid, but he's a fantastic kid. And it's okay to speculate when we're talking about, you know, going back to Hudson Card and possibly Cade McNamara and then, you know, what what kind of the roster layout will look like next year. I mean, well, What's going to happen with – and maybe this isn't a Nebraska thing, but, I mean, will Spencer Rattler stick around? No. I kind of had his thing going late in South Carolina. Now he's going to lose his O.C., but was it a co-OC deal and who was really calling plays? As I kind of get into, because I like to try to call people and I don't mm-hmm. know people. Yeah, you don't but, think But Rattler. people sometimes talk to me. The whole Satterfield, who's calling plays, who wasn't, what's going on at South Carolina. It's very interesting when you talk to folks familiar with South Carolina. But So we'll see what happens yeah, with You Rattler don't think too. Rattler's going to the NFL. Although I no, think he could no, be no. a seventh round no. A seventh round pick. Uh, not if I'm Spencer. I'll take my time. I, I take my time. You're not in a hurry. Improve your game. Get a better draft spot. Yeah, not enough good tape. Hey, you got to string together more good tape. Yeah. What do you got for me there, Shane? What do you want, Shaner? Oh, I was talking to Sasha here. Yeah. Oh, I like nice talking work. to Sasha, too. Nice work. And you know what? We like talking to people on this show. And next, we'll talk to Matt DeMarinas of Creighton Basketball. White and blue review. We'll stick with basketball, but we'll also hit on some other sports with him because Creighton's doing some very good things right now. And if you want to get involved on the show because we have a game later, 888-638-4876. We'll give away some prizes at the end of the show. But stick around for Matt next on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Boy, Ryan Bempard is such a low-error point guard. He'll launch a three, and he knocks it down. You had to get two ranked teams like this and play with this kind of intensity. Arkansas-Louisville coming in our second game today. Shireman with deep, deep range. Boy, has this Creighton team been fun to watch this year. Not near as fun as this guy is to talk to, though. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Hey, I can't wait. Matt DeMarinas on the line, Creighton contributor for the White and Blue Review. It's not all too often, Matt, you get two really good basketball programs at the same school at the same time. Not only that, volleyball is hosting the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. Not only that, Creighton (laughs) men's soccer is in the quarterfinals. Just speak to what it's like watching and covering four fantastic teams right now. Good morning, Matty. How are you? Good morning, DB. Yo, that, that, uh, that pump up music in between the, uh, while I'm on hold, I think there's an. 
that me or you? Oh, I that might have been us. I don't know, Maddie. We're trying to work out so many kinks, man. My man <laughs> Shane Schillerberg is over there on pins and needles. Trying to My make bad. sure that his folks are happy, man. It's it's very difficult, but he's fantastic. Well, I'm hyped though. That music ready to go. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, I, yeah. You you know when you're doing this, you try not to like do a rooting mode because it hampers your ability to analyze. But yeah, it's it's much better to cover wins and losses for sure, just in terms of the conversations you have with players and coaches. The stories you get to write, and the podcast you get to record, kind of a analysis, and it does feel like Creighton riding a pretty good wave right now. I think it's been building too. I think the results right now are catching people because you know it's a big stage that they're doing this on. But uh, you know, last year they were the only, team, only program in the country at the D one level to win in all through all four of those sports too. So Kind of been, you know, an upward trajectory that kind of continued here with basketball having its regular seasons, and you know, Kirsten Burns all do things every year, and then Johnny's got that soccer line right now. They're, uh, they have some, you know, they have some motivation, um, outward motivation right now. Uh, they're playing heavy parts, but they're yeah, they're they're playing really good soccer right now at the right time of year and. Only eight teams left, so at this point, I kind of feel like Hey, Matt, well, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor real fast because you're cutting in and out on our end. Do you mind hanging up the phone, uh, checking your service real fast, and then giving us a quick call back? Yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, we'll, we'll wait. Stand by on you. We'll bring him back in right away. That's uh, Matt DeMarinas, Creighton contributor for the White and Blue Review. I just want to make sure people at home can really uh, yeah. hear him and understand him clearly because what he was talking about right there, I mean, he covered a lot of things, and I know I covered it a lot in my initial question, but uh, I really wish um, in totality we could have heard that. Um, so w- we want to make sure for you guys at home that uh, the quality, uh, the sound quality that you're receiving is top notch. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and listen, you know what? It's cool. It's it's a little trial and error. We built the studio from scratch with top notch equipment and top notch people, and it's going to be a little bit of a work in progress. So appreciate everybody hanging in there with us. But when we drop the the next announcement coming up here at the end of the week, I think everybody's going to yeah, be it's it's going to be going to be high five. And you know, I say slam dunk a lot on this show, but that's going to be a literal one, slam and dunk. Neither one of us have lift, so how do we? Are you jumping off? Oh, man, you know, are you using pogo sticks? Hey, or? I got a question for you because I I I brought this up on the sports six pack the other day. If you yeah. could dunk or hit a hole in one, which would you rather do? Hole like dunk all the time or hit one hole in one in your life? Uh, give me the hole in one. Give you the hole in one. I think dunking is harder than my body as we get my main man back. Hey Matt, thanks uh, for coming back. We appreciate it. Yeah, how's that? Going? Hey, hey, fantastic. Beautiful. Hey, so so let me ask you, Matt, and I know this is hard for you, but. Where I'm going with this is I definitely think there's something to it. You mentioned Johnny. You mentioned Kirsten. And indirectly, it's early, and this is what we're going to talk to you about in, in hoops with Coach Mack. How much do you think the fact that individually they're fantastic people go in part with their individual culture and in sports 
versus it just being a Creighton thing. Like, we're talking about three fantastic – and I'm not even going to mention Flan because we didn't get into women's <laughs> basketball. But, again, another great person. Are we trending yeah. for a reason or is it coincidence? No, I think there's a reason. I just I wish I knew what the commonalities. You know, I just think they're all really they're hard workers. Bruce Rasmussen, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he thought he, he identified the traits for sure. Yeah, that's the commonality, no doubt. Um, but they'll, you know, they're they're just they're workhorses. When you talk to their assistants over the years, talk to you know people who know how. They spend the time away from the gym. People aren't necessarily seeing what's going on. You know, they're 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 burning the candle. You know, like it, it, it's they've built it because of their hard work and that work ethic kind of permeates throughout up and down the roster and up and down the coaching staff. And I think they do a really good job of delegating. That's probably the one thing that maybe doesn't get noticed a lot is mm. a lot of input happening. Um, but throughout the coaching staff, whether it's a, a video coordinator or a lead assistant for 20 years, you know, there's a lot of trust there with having some input. And, you know, I think that's kind of – it creates a good culture within the coaching staff, and that's, that's inspection. And then when you recruit the type of people that you do and you project a message of, you know, kind of that all-for-one mentality, it's okay to have – personal goals and be, I guess, you know, think towards the future in that regard, but, but don't be selfish in the way you go about it. Mm. They do a good job of projecting that message, and it seems like the players understand. So it, it, it translates to on-court success, and then the on-court success to those goals being manifested by players. So it kind of, that, 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 that system is working really well for a lot of different programs. You know, Matt, we knew this Creighton men's basketball team on paper looked as good as they've ever looked, but translating that to reality, it's not commonplace. It's really not. In your eyes, what makes this team so special? Because it looks like they don't have any flaws. <laughs> I think I think they got some flaws, but um, they might be exposed on Thursday. Um. I think they're just put together, for, like, you know, intentional. When you look at the way Baylor Shireman fits, how he elevates that offense, especially in transition, because you have a guy who can keep on the ball at a high level, Baylor, and he's also a playmaker. So your, your offense starts at 94 feet, basically. And, you know, it creates a situation where the network can be an outlet instead of a primary transition. That's dangerous because he's a elite playmaker. You know, you create mismatches in the open floor for Arthur Alexander, you know, guys off the bench. It was Brian Kalkbenner, you know, work ethic. He's really good at being down the floor first and being, making the runs to create those, create the spacing that Creighton, create that first look. And obviously, cleans up a lot for them. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a, it, it was put together really well. It wasn't just a bunch of talented dudes thrown together and then see how it works. 
kind of how teams are trying to navigate this different type of recruiting world. I think this team was kind of built for a purpose. You fit Creighton's optimal style of basketball. Hey, Matty, I know, uh, I, I think, and I'm on record, I said this early, I felt like Creighton had the ability to be a better defensive team than kind of all the, the preseason prognostications gave credence to. I understand the loss of Paul Lusk. He was amazing in terms of what he did mm-hmm. defensively. But then the second half of Arizona happened, and I know it's just one game, but you mentioned I th- you think they have some weaknesses. How much of it has to do with on the defensive end and what you maybe saw against Arizona down the stretch? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if that's really what I saw against Arizona. Of when you're in your third game, third day, yeah, really prepared for that kind of just pulling the ball out there and and hooping. But there there are some you know they they have struggled to keep the ball in front of them more than they did last year. Agreed. Uh, they haven't been their gap defense, and it, you know they've kind of I think they've kind of relied on Kalkbrenner to just everything did um, at, at their height last year, I guess defensively. So they, they have to be better in that. But you don't want to get into a situation where you're constantly throwing to the ball gunner and hoping he doesn't get in foul trouble. Because if he does, then you're really in trouble. I, I just think I, it, it's going to be interesting this whole year. Because I've been fascinated about it ever since they made it clear they wanted to get back to playing at a fast pace and getting out in transition more often. That's all kind of where it's give and take was. So I am curious to see how they how good they were defensively last year, how good they want to be in this very difficult dynamic for players because you have to try to score in ten seconds less to defend for thirty seconds. When you pile all those seconds out of each other, you're basically what you're trying to create in terms of an opposite defending for you know forty minutes of the time. For twenty, essentially, or however the math works, but it's kind of like the time of possession argument in football. You know that that morphed into as, as teams would try to play more fast-paced uh, offenses. Like, what's the value in that, and how important is it? You know, for basketball, it's it's different because your offense is your defense. The same guys playing, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they marry that together. Last year's success was predicated on the defense. That seems like it's been more predicated on offense. How well they can mesh those two is going to determine how far they can go. Hey, before we let you go, Matt, I want to talk about volleyball quickly. Hosting goes a long way, especially in the NCAA tournament. How's the team feeling heading into Friday? Yeah, I think they're in a really good headspace. Uh, I think the, the match. Marquette was big for them. Yeah. Because exactly. I, I think, you know, you come off of happening in Milwaukee and they don't really, they don't usually get handled like that, especially in play. So they came out last weekend pretty sharp. I think they they were motivated to get that back uh, even though they had done that every other so that was they were hungry for that and you saw the way they played or you that motivation. I think with this year's team, they've been 
they haven't been shy about talking about the fact that they're disappointed in the fact that they paid being further, you know, 2016. So usually they don't, usually Peyton don't talk about that because they do, you know, they do repeat the one match that I thought everything they're playing for them is the most important, you know, most important uh, match of the year and most important practice. They they, they repeat that mantra most methodically. So them to be outward with that, that intentional, their intentions to here and then to make a deep run possibly get to Omaha. That's been interesting and I think this year they're doing something leading to that. They're going to stay in a hotel. You know, they're hoping that's new. Mm-hmm. That's more. Interesting. Uh, they're going to they're gonna kind of stimulate as much of a isolated environment as they can themselves to try to funnel out all the distractions that post you can take a request and the campus excitement. And then when the match rolls around, they're going to use their advantage. I think this year's team, more than most, has played much better at home, used that home crowd to their advantage. Well, Matt, hey, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. Um, and if you want to follow Matt, follow him at MJDMarinas on Twitter. Thanks, Matt. Matt, we'll be talking a lot more, buddy. For sure. Always a pleasure, DB. Thank you. And again, Matt DeMarinas, Creighton contributor for the White and Blue Review. He brought up a that, lot of great points. He, he's a, fu- he's a, a fun guy to and, talk to. And he's all in on doing a good job, right? So when you work your ass off like that. Well, what about like what I'm he said fan. at the end about the volleyball team staying, staying, staying in a hotel? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people always put a lot of, oh, what's the word here? They... Stock emphasis. Yeah, a lot of emphasis on sleeping in your own bed Mm -hmm. and waking up in your environment. And the fact that they're going to take them out of that element and put them in a position so it's like they were playing on the road just to kind of prepare them for the future. And what great expectation that's setting for your team. You're saying by – the first and second round, we're not. This isn't the NCAA championship. No, we are planning to go far, and by going far, you have to take the steps to get there. And let's condition our bodies now to do that. You know, they got a great tandem, and it's led by Norris Sis and Coach Booth is as good a person as there is coaching the sport. And that's knowing how much I love Coach Cook, who I got a chance to spend time talking to last week in Lincoln. But I kind of like it, right? But you know me, I'm a get out of your comfort zone kind of guy. I, that uh, it's a, it's an interesting tactic, very because interesting. for me, if I were coach, and this uh, another reason why I don't coach a team that's in the NCAA championship right now. <laughs> uh, if it were me, I'd just, say just, I'd just say one of the reasons, I'd, right? <laughs> the only one actually. Uh, I'd say, hey, we're we are waking up in our own bed this morning. I am putting uh, my team in the in the position of, hey, this is a home game for us. And we're not going to take any other any other path. <laughs> the the only game. the only team, the only reason actually. <laughs> oh man, you make me laugh. I, I get it though. I'll, I'll be curious to see how it works. I, I it, it was a like I said a technique that I didn't think about, and uh, it, it's kind of a cool approach. Uh, away from that, if we go the direction of Creighton men's basketball one more time here, because they have Texas queued up next. That's tomorrow. Second best team in the nation. This is the fourth straight ranked opponent for this group. They just came back from a dogfight 
in Maui, which probably was fantastic for that team overall. Yeah, for what, what they're getting what a, ready to see. What a Texas. trip. I meant just more the scenery, but yes, that too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but man, like, what do you think here? How, how does this schedule benefit a team with NCAA championship expectations, at least early on? Well, I think it's going to be fantastic. The non-con is going to help him. I think you're going to get some help in conference too with uh, some of the caliber teams that you'll see, although Villanova's got to get healthy. Uh, for one, because they have not looked good early on. But we'll give it some time. It's early. Uh, cue the Carolina fan here. Um, the non-con is going to help. 19. I'm just curious to see the the Texas's athleticism in the front court and how Kalkbrenner and Kaluma handle that I think will be fascinating because Texas will speed you up. They'll touch you. They'll guard you. They'll push you away from the basket. You don't want to start your offense 40 feet out. Um, and can Tempo be Creighton's friend? They're going to have a hard time, I think, with easy points in the paint. So we'll see how efficient, efficient they can be on the offensive end. I mean, it's just – it really is fantastic. It, it must be fantastic to be a Blue Jay fan right now. I, I mean, so many things going right for your school. I mean, if you if you are the biggest – Blue Jay fan out there, give us a call, please. I'd love to hear from you. 888-638-4876. It would be like uh, future. Shane, what's my song that I like where he says life is good? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Got my red bottoms on. I don't even know if good's the right term here for Creighton fans. Like, life is phenomenal. Living their best life. I mean, talk about a, a holiday gift that you're receiving right now. When you get to watch your men's soccer team, participate in the quarterfinals you get to watch your volleyball team at home take on some of the best in the entire country then you get to watch the women's basketball program another ranked team who I I kind of you know slept on a little bit as we went into our conversation with Matt DeMarinas but that team is so well put together they were young last year when they made their deep run in the NCAA tournament and that youth has turned into veteranness right away, yeah. right away. It, in at the flip of a light switch, they went from being a young, solid, athletic team to a more experienced group with all the same skill sets to follow. Yeah, and I'm serious when I tell you about the quality of people that are at the helm too, with Mac and Kirsten. Coaching and goes, so, they go so, it goes Flan. such it's, a long way. I, I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's coincidence. I, I, I really don't, and they found a way to make it work for them. And then the men's basketball team, as you know, Matt stated, it, it, was, it was great that he kind of touched on, because I, I did kind of set him up to talk about the flaws a little bit too, because by saying, you know, your team has no flaws, it's like, well, obviously a team. Well, you didn't give me, flaws. you, you got to have some margin, yeah, yeah, margin yeah, yeah, for yeah, error, right? Some, something like that. And I will absolutely agree with the product of basketball that we saw in Maui by this Creighton team, mm -hmm. it really allowed us to accurately assess how they are going to compete against the best teams in basketball. Well, I, I definitely think the non-con will have toughened them up and they get a chance to go against a former teammate in Christian Bishop, and I'm kind of downplaying that a little just because I don't know what kind of minutes uh, ultimately he's going to get, and it's not it's bigger than that, and they've, the, he's a couple years removed now, but there's a lot of intrigue in this one when you, you get a, a caliber of matchup like this one early in the season. I want to 
take maybe a couple steps ahead here in regards to what we're talking about later on in the show. Next, we're going to uh, talk to Scott Ritchie, Illinois men's basketball and football reporter for the News Gazette. But after that, we're going to be playing a new game on, on the show, DB, and I think this is the perfect time to provide an explanation so that we don't have to cut into all the fun when we get to that game. So the game's <laughs> called Two for You, and it, it, it's spelled two, the number two, the number four, and then you. Here's how the game works, okay? We are going to take calls. You call in 888-638-4876. We need at least four callers. At least that's what I'm hoping for here. So my people out there, give us a call, 888-638-4876. You are going to choose two people on this show. Shane is involved to play. Okay. So it's Shane, DB, and myself. Choose two people. And we are going to get asked, I'm going to ask like a very common question. So for example, I would say something you sit on mm-hmm. and we would write that down. We do that four times with various prompts. You write that down and then after it's all said and done, I'll do a little three, two, one countdown. Say DB and I are playing. I'll say something you sit on. I'd say three, two, one, chair. We'd say it at the same time. Hopefully, we have the right answer. If we get two out of four, the listener gets a $10 gift card to Hale Varsity Club. Now, here's where it gets juicy. So, what was the game with, like, Richard Dawson and the people that would, like, smoke and they would turn Match the card? Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of what this is like? Uh, somewhat, but it's, it's us two competing. So, so, we have to match yeah, for the I get listener I know. We want the to listener, get a point. We want the listeners to win. Now, if we get two out of four right, yep. they get the $10 gift card no matter what. But if, we, if they want to go for a third right answer, they can do double or nothing. Let's go. And then if they go for a fourth right answer, they can go for double or nothing again. Then they'll be eating here for free. You'll, you could end up with a $40 gift card to Hale Varsity Club, and we could be giving away $160 yeah, just in get the, gift get, cards get today. Get the creamy shrimp dip. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you it's won't. so good. Dude, it's, it's so good. We are at Hale Varsity Club. Plus, what do if they call you, the little, is it point toast or toast points or bruschetta? The, bruschetta? Well, that's the spread. What is, what's the cracker that the dip comes on? It's fantastic. Whatever like, that like is. Like ciabatta? No. Who's bada? <laughs> You're about it? No. <laughs> I'm just going to name things. That was great, man. She was great, man on fire. Did you ever see that show? <laughs> no. Hey. Up next, Scott Ritchie, Illinois men's basketball and football. Stutter step to the right, to the left, high-low for Dane Danger from Coleman Hawkins. It works again, this time with a little left-handed layup. Continuing our Big Ten wrap here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. If you want to get involved on the show, give us a call, 888-638-4876. Alongside Damon Benning, I'm Andrew Rogers. Now it's time to welcome in our Illinois men's and basketball, or men's basketball and football Beat reporter for the News Gazette, Scott Ritchie on the line. Scott, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey. at Scott Ritchie, S.R. Ritchie on Twitter. Give him a follow. Hey, Scott, you know, what is what a season Illinois football had? Finished 8-4, and four, headed to a bowl game, ranked most of the year. Brett Bielema seems like the coach of the future for this team. You take Michigan down to the wire just two weeks ago. Take us through this season for Illinois and what ultimately sparked this turnaround for the program. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's the best Illinois football season in 15 years, and there's also a little bit of disappointment around it because I think pretty much everyone on that team, coaches, players, uh, fans as well, 
figured they'd be playing um, on Saturday in the Big Ten Championship game. And that's wild to think about because this is an Illinois football team that has not had a level of success, but the defense fueled it this year. They gave up so far fewer points than they had, um, I don't know, in more than a decade. And they just had enough of everything else to, to make it happen. And I think a lot of it came down to the players believed in themselves, but they also believed that the coaches believed that they could execute the game plan. And I don't know if that was always the case. Um, in the Lovey Smith era and Bill Cubitt, Tim Beckman before that, but, you know, there's just something happening, you know, in that program now that's just it's kind of all coalescing. And, yeah, Brad Bielman has really changed the dynamic of Illinois football. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because the talk around town, and I, I was on the broadcast for Illinois and Nebraska when you came to town a couple of weeks ago, and there isn't a ton of talk, even with the transition from Lovey Smith to Brett Bielema, about – whose players are whose players. And maybe that's due to Bielema and him defining the culture, but you kind of turned the corner a year ago after he had the great presser, some which was taken out of context about scholarship offensive linemen and guys that should be here. And I just didn't gravitate towards the sound bites. I enjoyed the whole message. Was that kind of the, was that the meshing point for this football team going forward? You know, maybe, and that was such a strange situation because <laughs> if if you listen to the whole thing, like what he what he said in, in its entirety, like, I mean, it's maybe something that coaches don't say all the time. At least I don't say it out loud. But he had a point. And, I, I agree. You know, Smith, yeah, it's you know, Lovey Smith. He recruited some talent. I mean. A lot of the defensive guys on this team were Levy Smith recruits, but yeah. you know Brett Bielema has developed them, and his staff has developed them. But that was what was missing under Levy Smith. And you know, you look at the offensive line, and you know, they had, had a couple of JUCOs this year that uh, you know played really well. And, like that's the one position group again. Going back to that whole thing last year, is like needs some work because it just the recruiting wasn't there at the end for Levy Smith, and it's okay to say that. And Brett Bielma is getting that on track a little bit. And we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But you know, eight wins in year two is something I don't think anyone expected well, and, outside of that program. No, absolutely. You know, it, you said it right on the nose there. Um, now, every coach has their own timeline in most cases. Uh, reformation happens normally about the three-year mark if, if it's a solid, good head coach uh, for that college program. But I want to ask you this, because you guys got to witness Brett Bielema doing this in two years, do you think that two, three-year mark is now the new norm when it comes to a fan, team, program expectations for a new head coach? I'm sure there's some coaches that are hoping it's not, because it's still it's tough for football. It's not like basketball where you get one guy in the transfer portal and or one star recruit and that can really change your team. Football needs... A lot of those guys, but yeah, you know, talked about it after Saturday's win at Northwestern that he felt like Illinois had to make a bowl game this year to sort of build off of what they did a year ago. And that was a five and seven season where easily could have been flipped, got seven and five. 
they lost a couple of close games, and then you know this year all four losses were by you know, one score. But like he put bowl game as sort of the minimum expectation on this season, and he made it happen. I don't know that that's going to be like the the new normal in football. Is like new coach comes in, and two years later you're challenging for a division title and going to a pretty good bowl game. But you know, we made it happen at Illinois. It's interesting. If you're the game within the game emotionally, there was Michigan State and there was Purdue. You had everything to play for in controlling your own destiny. Then you battled Michigan tough and you hammer a rival in Northwestern. What's that say about this team's emotional resolve where it appears for all intents and purposes, they just stay in the moment? Yeah, and that's another thing that I think is different with the program. You know, look back at uh, the 2019 season, which was the last bowl year, and you know, Illinois got bowl eligible with a great win at Michigan State, um, terrific comeback, and then lose out through the final three games of the regular season and um, the bowl game. It was just this team this year could have folded. You lose home games to Michigan State and Purdue that you're favored to win, expecting to win, would have gotten you that division title for the first time ever. And then they turn around and almost beat Michigan at Michigan yeah. and crush a, and a, I mean, it's just, it's a very overmatched Northwestern team. But they didn't sort of just pack it in after this one clear goal they had was pretty much taken out of their hands. So yeah, it's you know, credit to the players, but you know, credit to the coaching staff as well for kind of keeping them you know, focused on that next whatever it is. And that's been kind of a year-long thing. It's like this team didn't look super far ahead. Like they just had a very narrow focus on the year. I think that helped. Again, we're talking with Scott Ritchie, Illinois men's basketball and football reporter for the News Gazette here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Scott, switching gears to basketball now, Illinois has been able to put together something really special under Brad Underwood. And even after losing a guy like Cockburn last year and a handful of other guards to the portal. 80% of production. <laughs> right, portal, graduation, all that jazz. Illinois does their due diligence and brings home the local kid. Terrence Shannon Jr., who's been lights out for this team this year. They add Sky Clark via recruiting, too. Speak to the addition of Shannon Jr., though, and how crucial he's been to the early success of this team. I mean, he's been pivotal in, you know, Illinois' six-and-one start, and you know, he's among the top scorers in the country, and it's, it's all just kind of come together this year for him because he was never, like, Totally healthy for like a full year at Texas Tech. I mean, he, had, he played good basketball at Tech, but um, he dealt with some injuries. And then there's no star at Texas Tech. They all just kind of just blue collar, grind it out. Everybody scores like 10 points a game. Um, he was given an opportunity to be the guy in Champaign. And you know, the ball is in his hands more. And he's not just a scorer. I mean, he's. I think it's, it's instead the numbers have changed a little bit. Into the last check, but going into last night's game, he's one of three players in the country averaging at least twenty points, six yeah. rebounds, and three assists. Like he's he's doing it all for Illinois. You know, he's kind of a really soft-spoken guy, but like his teammates value his leadership. Like, so when he does talk, like they are certainly listening because he's been in those big moments before. And it's 
that's different compared to you know, a lot of his teammates that are young and, and then this is their first year of college basketball. Scott, you got to help me here before we let you go in our last 90 seconds here. How do you balance Coach Underwood kind of underwhelming in crunch time with tournament play, whether it's clock management or lower seeds versus higher seeds, kind of that murmur versus what he's been able to do out of the gates. He's good enough to get you there. What's the fan base think about Coach Underwood? Well, they're still all in, and obviously the last two NCAA tournaments have been a disappointment, but you know, something Brad Underwood has said several times, like, this happens with programs, like, like good ones, the ones that have won national titles, they had similar merch disappointments, and like, they're still pushing you know, for that, like, I talked with them before the season, so I have a bigger feature, and like, he's far from satisfied with what he's done. Like, they've been the best team in the Big Ten like, the last three years, but not good enough for Brett Underwood. So, like, he, he understands that Mark's success is just... Scott Ritchie, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. A game's up next. Two for you on Hale Varsity Radio. And we are back on a dream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Let's play a game two for you. New game on the show where we ask the caller to choose either one of us three, and we are going to try to match up four answers to win you a $40 gift card to Hale Varsity Club. But remember, it's a double or nothing risk to get up to that point. After you get two right, you could walk away with $10 if you want. DB, you ready? I'm ready. Remember, stay generic in this game. I'm We're trying, trying to win money for these people. I got to be basic here. I got to I gotta be basic. Let's go to line one. Ray, you're on line one. Welcome to the show. Hey, Ray, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, good, man. Good. Pick two people. Uh, Rogers and DB. All right, let's go. Oh, let's go. Okay. Two for you. First prompt. I'm ready. A I'm re- food item at a baseball game. An ice cream flavor. An NFL QB. Which, which this is gonna be good. Go? I'm trying. Go? <laughs> all right, all right. And a football team in the Big Ten, not named Nebraska. Oh boy! All right, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. All right, all right, Ray. We're playing for you here. If we get two right, you can take home a $10 gift card, or you can keep risking it for double or nothing. But I'll explain those rules more when we get there. All right, a food item at a baseball game. Three. Two, one. Hot, Hot dog. dog. Yes! <laughs> That's one for one. One for one. All right, ready? I'm ready. An ice cream flavor. Three, two, one. Vanilla. Vanilla. Yes! Right there! Two for two. Ray, you got a $10 gift card. Do you want to go on and play double or nothing? You could. It's just to get three out of four, so you have two chances. I want a double or nothing. Let's All go. right, let's, let's go. go. I love it. Okay. All right, an NFL <laughs> QB. Three, two, one. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Oh, my. Let's right go. <laughs> yes. 
right. I wasn't going to say him. I almost said Patrick Mahomes. I wrote that down I almost first. said Aaron Rodgers. Oh, thank goodness we went with Tom Brady. All right, Ray, here's where it gets juicy for you. Three out of four, you have a $20 gift card to Hale Varsity Club right now. You can risk it all right oh, now Lord. for a four out of four to win a $40 gift card, or you can take home that gift card. What would you like to do? You guys seem to think, so let's go at all. Oh, fuck. Hey, first time, best time caller right here for Ray. All right, DB, you ready? This I'm is ready. for all the marbles. Fudge. A football team in the Big Ten, not named Nebraska. Three, two, one. Iowa. Iowa. Yes! No way. <laughs> right there. Yes! No. I did that because we had Dr. Mint on earlier. I did that because people think I like Iowa. Fantastic. Four for four, Ray. You're taking home a $40 gift card courtesy of Hale Varsity That's Club and unreal. us, too. You can come pick up that gift card whenever you get a chance, whether it's today or tomorrow. It'll be at the hostess stand. Wow. Are you serious with that? Uh, yeah. Well, well, good for Ray because I yeah. was nervous. As, so I wanted to say, Ray, just take the money. <laughs> We're hot. We're hot. I, I would be shocked. Blaine's on line two here. I would be shocked if Blaine goes a different direction, but I would love to hear Blaine now. Who do you want to pick to play two for you? Blaine. It sounds like he's on a I meeting. I think Blaine's got his radio <laughs> He's on a virtual meeting right now. Blaine, you there, buddy? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Sorry. I think Blaine is working. I think he's ordering something. Should we let Blaine order? Yeah, let's let's listen to this. I'm intrigued. This is good. I love the name Blaine, so let's stay with it. Blaine, are you with us? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, there you are. Hey, all right. What were you doing? I was getting my morning coffee. There it is. Good for you. Coffee and cream. I like it. I love it. Double dose of coffee and cream. Did you hear that? Did you hear what Ray did? He, I was nervous for Ray, mm -hmm. and Ray shot his shot. I love it. Blaine, are you a risk taker? Uh, all, all day. All right, so which it. two of the three are you taking, Shane, myself, or A-Rod? Hey, look, I'm a big Shane fan, so I'm taking Shane. Two Shane? Shanes, and who, you, who will you partner Shane with? Uh... Uh, who did the other guy go with? Take Andrew. <laughs> Ray took myself, Andrew, and DB. But you can choose whoever. Uh, hey, look, I, I, DB, Shane's my favorite combo. I'm going with them. Yep, let's oh go. Boy. I figured as much. Here we Shane, go. Shane, keep it basic, please, would yep. you? You got to try to win Blaine some money here. Hail Varsity gift cards. <laughs> Hail Varsity club <laughs> gift cards, I should say. <laughs> this dude. On the line. All right, you guys ready? I'm ready. An NBA team. Okay. That's hard. You good, Shane? You're yeah. writing these down. You're playing. Like, write them down. Have them ready. And we're going to say them at the same time. Uh, right away? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not yet. Don't say it yet. So, three, I'll two, count one, and then and we're going to yeah, say that. But we're going to wait until I, I go through all I don't know four. why Blaine took Shane. <laughs> <laughs> this is a disaster. You want an NBA team? Well, yeah, yeah. write selfish. it down. Just write it down. Okay. And Let's just hold some, on that's to a, it. That's totally on me. Totally on me. Oh, jeez. A, a popular travel destination. Are you serious? That's the that's the problem. Shane's never been on a plane. <laughs> well, you don't even don't even like think of city here. Maybe think of environment, right? Well, whatever. That's what I would do. Okay, I'm trying to think like Shane. That's scary. A grocery store in Omaha. Okay, should have started with that one. <laughs> we we have our place <laughs> and a brand of beer. Okay. I'm what do you say, bud? Shut up, Shane. 
He's something else, man. Shane, Shane, Poor Blaine. Shane, I love gotta, the, you gotta stay I, quiet I the love game. the name, but Blaine should not have picked Shane. <laughs> Amen. But that's my partner. Me and my partner, too, Shane. So let's go, buddy. All right. You guys ready? Shane, we have to say this at the same time, okay? I'll give you a countdown. You guys say it at the same time. An NBA team. Three, two, one. Chicago. You just same time, DB. Well, I wasn't going to say Chicago. <laughs> well, you still have to say your team. Boston Celtics. Oh, okay. Well, can I get the Bo Pelini bad no. boy drop? Thank Sh- you. Shane, wh- why would you take Chicago? You got to try it's to local. match each other's. Oh, man. He said it's local. Okay, so we're okay. All right. Hey, you going gonna, for two out of four. Yeah, we, gotta, we, gotta a, get, we just got to get two out of four here. A popular travel destination. Three, two, one. Bahamas. Mm, no, not the same. Fudge. Nobody's going to Hawaii. It costs like I would have fifteen thousand dollars to go to Hawaii. You think the Bahamas <laughs> is cheaper than Hawaii? <laughs> Probably not. Once you get Probably. there, maybe. <laughs> What's wrong with this, dude? At least it's all inclusive. All right, we're gonna going. get these right here. We're gonna get these two for Blaine. All right, a grocery store in Omaha. Three, Hy-Vee. two, one. Hy-Vee. <laughs> Come on, you know the countdown. But we both go to Hy-Vee. We we like that. Place. Gotta wait for the countdown, DB. We gotta get Blaine some, yeah, some right. money. Here. Blaine, it all comes down to this. All hope lies in the hands of Shane and DB. DB, a tequila drinker. A brand of beer. Three, two, one. Bud Light. Bud Light. Shane, you, what, are you on delay? Or like what? Say it at the same time. We won. Bud Light is correct. We two won. out of four. Blaine, that means you get a $10 Blaine. gift card courtesy of Hale Varsity Club. You can pick that up at the hostess stand uh, later today or tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Love the show. <laughs> hey, thanks, thank you. Blaine. Hey, we got I, one I, more. I like the name. We got one more. No, Scott is on line three. Can we right. go to he's Scott? gone. All right. Scott, oh, Scott is gone? We, yeah. we, oh, just, we just lost Scotty Too Hottie. We did lose yeah, Scotty Too Hottie. Yeah, he left. Hey, I just want to hear the, f- I like the I like to hear the phone ring again. It just goes ding ling 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 <laughs> It sounds like an old school ring. I'm seeing Scott on line yeah. three. Why, did, why is Scott gone, Shane? Maybe he'll call back. Can we, like, speak it into existence? Oh, I like that term. Call back, please. Kind of like you did Christian Pulisic with the first goal. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't see the lights flicker, so I don't know if Scott's going back. I'm still <laughs> traumatized by that. Like, I know God is, like, the man. Sorry, it's 2022. The, the entity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so childish. But for you to go down the rundown of list of soccer players for the first goal to score, then to get to Christian, <laughs> and to have what happened America. with the lights, it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, How man. about, like, folks already clamoring for more than two hours? Guess what? Maybe you just got to be patient. Oh, we are Maybe that's called the morning dump. The morning dump. Yeah. So, oh, uh-oh, oh, there's my favorite ring. I'm gonna. We're gonna win somebody some yeah. money. I kind of like this game. It's it's a fun game because it's it's it doesn't make you think too hard. You can't pick Shane. Though. Yeah, <laughs> Shane. Let's get that phone call. We can hear it. Me and my partner. I don't think you're gonna have time. Me and my partner too, Shane's. What do we got? Oh, we only have a minute. Minute 56? fifty. That's it. That's it. Wait, we'll go quick. Yeah, we'll go quick. You Answer. Gonna, you're not see. gonna go quick. Come on. Let's go quick. All right. First name. <laughs> there he is. I love it. Let's go. First name. Dan. Hold on. Dan. Dan. All right, we got Dan the man. Dan, here we go. We're playing for you. It's going to be DB and I just so we can get this going. And plus, we went four for four last time, and I think you want these two. So <laughs> let's go ahead. Dan, thanks for being here. We're playing for Hale Varsity Club gift cards. A color in the rainbow. Okay. A sports clothing brand. Okay. An NHL team that has an animal in the logo. Okay. 
And how about this? How fitting. An animal at the zoo. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready too. Minute 10 left. Dan, we're playing for you. Let's get you some gift cards. A color in the rainbow. Three, Sounds up. Oh, great. <laughs> Three, two, one. Yellow. Hi, Reg. Oh, shoot, I was supposed to say it. <laughs> and I'm giving everybody grief, and I didn't even get it. I'm trying to go so quickly here as we're wrapping things up. Okay, still chance for three out of four. A sports clothing brand. Three, two, one. Nike. Nike. Yeah, see, if we say it at the same time, we're, we're a lock. An NHL team that has an animal in the logo. Three, two, one. Penguins. Oh, dude, you're a Penguins fan. Come on. Sorry. All right, last one. We're trying to win this gift card. An animal at the zoo. Three, two, one. Gorilla. Darn it. Damn it. Dan, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so uh, sorry. uh, Oh, well. Thanks for trying. Hey, thanks, Dan. Dan, thanks for calling in and call back again soon so we can play that. It's fun, though, right? It's a great game. It might be our jam. Hey. It was a fun show today. Thanks for listening to Coffee and Cream in the Morning. We'll have some more fun like this and some more hot topics tomorrow. But make Stick sure around to join. for the Morning Dump because we're going to drop that here in yeah, a second. Morning Dump. And then, of course, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, later on this afternoon on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency.